Thanks for listening to Highlight. This week, we're going to highlight Jimmy Garoppolo's Sunday, October 31st, 2019 game against the Arizona Cardinals as he looks to go 8-0 with the San Francisco 49ers. It's a Thursday, and it's Halloween. Jimmy G wakes up at 4.30 a.m. He doesn't need an alarm clock. He's been waking up at 4.30 a.m. for the last seven years. He started doing it when he was in college. He was always the first one in the weight room. He would get there so early that eventually they just gave him the key. The alarm continues to go off. <sighs> Jimmy yawns as he stretches his aching muscles. It was game day. He flew to Arizona yesterday. He reaches into his bag. Getting out his George Foreman grill, he throws some chicken beside his spinach. After this, the rest of the day would be water and Gatorade. So he sat down, turned on his phone, and watched his interview from ESPN the night before. <coughs> yeah, yeah, we've been uh, grinding all morning. He's, you know, picking things up quickly. Be a challenge, but uh, it's great to have him in here. What are your initial impressions of uh, Mano's game? Uh, you know, he's a playmaker. He's uh, You give him a chance on the ball, he'll make you look good. So just um, getting him in space, giving him opportunities to uh, showcase his talents. I mean, he's fast, gets out, cuts quickly, runs good routes, and so all those things. It's exciting. Once you heard the news, did you immediately start looking at film on what he's been able to do? Yeah, yeah, looked up a couple highlights and everything. Yeah, got got excited. Uh yeah, it was it was fun hearing about that and just meeting him briefly and getting to talk to him. He seems like a great guy. It looked like you guys had actually met after the preseason game or something. There was a picture of that. What, yeah. How did that come about? What do you, what's your history with him, Jimmy? Uh, pretty much we met at the practices this year. Uh, we got to talking after practice a couple times just about uh, everything that he was going through with rehab and everything. And he's a cool, normal dude, just down to earth, and we'd love to have that. How do you think it's a message to the locker room when your front office is aggressive and goes out and makes a move like this? It means trying to make our team more competitive. You know, it's uh, whenever you could bring in a guy of Emmanuel's talent, and uh, it just makes everyone more competitive, and I think that leads to better football. How do you think he'll make you better as a quarterback? <clears throat> um, well, when you get a guy that talented, you know, it's just about getting the ball in his hands, letting him make plays, the yards after catch. Obviously, he's tremendous at that, and it's just um, – you know, you want to give him opportunities. As a quarterback, it's your job to do that. Can you talk about grinding with him as he comes in quickly? Did you guys sit down and start watching film? What was the process? Um, kind of our, I mean, we're still game planning, normal game plan like we do on Wednesdays. Uh, so he's trying to, you know, play a little bit of catch up, but he's coming from a some very similar offense. So, uh, you know, it'll take him some time, you know, the little uh, details and things like that. But he's, he's doing a great job so far. If he does end up playing out of the slot, uh, how much of that position – you know, the interplay between the quarterback and the slot receiver is, is chemistry and just feel between the two of those guys. And, you know, is it realistic to think that you guys could develop that and have a season? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be difficult. It'll be a good challenge for us, no doubt. But I think just uh, putting in the extra time, getting, uh, you know, the routes and being able to uh, just talk the same language, really, and see the same defense uh, on the field and, you know, feel space, all that stuff. I mean, it just it takes time, takes reps, and, you know, it's what we're willing to do. Position obviously, but you did a similar thing coming in the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. Will you share with him kind of the best way to approach this game plan by game plan? 
Uh, I'll do my best to, but, you know, receiver quarterback is a little bit different, just uh, what you have to learn, you know, specifics in that in that nature. But, yeah, anything I could do to help them, I mean, I'm going to put an extra time with them, you know, whatever, whatever it takes, really. Are you finding the conversations that you're having with him are, are easier because he's been in Rich's offense and, you know, the, the language is similar? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had a couple times when, you know, I've been saying things and didn't even really think it, think about it, and he's understanding what I'm saying, so... That's always a good thing when you guys can speak the same language. But uh, like I said before, there's little details that I'm sure will we'll take a little time for him to catch up on. Kyle just said he, he thought Carolina's defense is the best he's seen on tape this year. What, what, what do you see from that group? What makes them so good? Uh, well, they're very talented. Big, strong up front. You know, they, they get after you with four guys. Uh, they don't have to pressure that much. Keekly, you know, he, he is Keekly. He is who he is, and he's, he's tremendous. You know, in the run, pass, whatever it is, he's just a smart player out there. And uh, yeah, in the secondary, they just you know they they get after you. They got some talent back there, and it'll be a good challenge for us, you know, on Sunday. Uh, Sunday will be National Tight Ends Day. Do you expect a more juiced up kill if that's possible? <laughs> more juiced up? Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be tough, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything less from George, especially on National Tight End Day. You expect Emmanuel's presence to free up George. I know he's been hounded by defenses this year. Is that one byproduct you hope? Uh, yeah, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how defenses, uh, you know, line up if they change anything, uh, tilt the safeties towards and whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, we'll have to adjust during the game and, and see how that goes. Last week, you, last week you were asked about your evolution as a quarterback, and you said your your knee feeling healthier and healthier has been gone a long way. Is your knee 100% healthy? It, does it feel like exactly back to normal? Uh, yeah, I like where my knee's at. You know, it's, it's in a good spot. Uh, every week seems to get bit better and better, and uh, really – not worrying about it is what I'm happiest about. If it's a non-issue, then I'm all right. If you say getting better and better, what is that? What is that like? What does that feel like? It getting better, trusting it more, or how would you describe that process? Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I, I don't know. It's just uh, you know, the flights create more swelling in it, and so every flight there's less swelling. Uh, I don't really have any specifics on that one. It, it's it's just little things here and there, you know. How much does the fact that Emmanuel's played in, in a bunch of playoff games and, and a couple Super Bowls? I mean, did, does does somebody who's who's done those type of things have more trust? Just just like from from your perspective as a quarterback? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, experience takes you a long way, you know. So obviously, that's that's a great thing to have, and you know, he could share his experiences with the younger guys and and what it takes and all that. But uh, you know, as far as the trust and, and things like that, I think that's just me and him getting on the same page, putting in the time, talking talking the same language, like I said, and just. You know, being able to trust one, me trust him as much as him trust me. It works both ways. How did you find out about the trade? Uh, one of my brothers actually texted me. He was, yeah, he was on it like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was my update, I guess. All right, guys. Thank All you, right. Thanks, guys. Looking at his Apple Watch, he checks his fantasy football lineup and shakes his head slightly, reading the analyst right above him weakness. Jimmy Garoppolo is undersized with small hands and short arms. He works heavily outside the shotgun in a spread offense. His footwork could require adjustment just to working under center. He does not always feel pressure in the pocket. He undershoots. He often hangs the deep ball. He makes receivers work for the ball downfield. His deep accuracy could stand some improvement. He makes a lot of simple one-look reads. (sighs) What do these guys know? He throws his phone on the table and leaves his room, heading to the gym. It'll be a two-hour light workout. As he gets there, he sees George and Joe already there. Hey! Leaves, George says. While he rides a stationary bike, holding his iPhone in both hands. 
Leaves is what the team called him ever since they found out he was following his old teammate Tom Brady's strict diet. He knew Tom just about as well as anybody, and today him and Tom were neck and neck in the NFL, both leading their teams to undefeated seasons. He grabs a bike, gives them a quick hello, before putting on his headphones and preparing to run over the game plan in his head. But as he pedals away, his mind starts to wander to two years ago. It was Halloween 2017 and Jimmy, the running back turned linebacker turned quarterback, was rushing to the airport to catch the Niners private plane to the bay. He was running on not enough sleep in a suitcase full of unfolded clothes. His iPhone was blowing up in the back seat of a limousine as they merged onto the I-95. He had just been traded to the 49ers for what some were calling a steal. The pundits were praising Coach Belichick and talking of his masterful negotiation abilities. Baby Brady, all hype, a flash in the pan. That's what they were calling Jimmy Garoppolo on TV. He was a two-time Super Bowl champion, the winner of the Walter Payton Award, and he won Offensive Player of the Year. Although he would never say it publicly, he knew Bill Belichick made a mistake when he traded him. He knew it was all part of the game, but still, you and your golden boy Tom Brady will someday be sorry you traded me. <laughs> Who said I couldn't be better than Brady? Nobody. That's... All of a sudden his limo driver swerves, and he immediately knows he's going to be in an accident. Here he is, on the way to meet his new teammates as their starting quarterback, and the first thing he's going to need to do is call and let them know he's just been in a car accident. Right before Jimmy's limo goes into the ditch, he thinks, this probably isn't a good sign. Hey, thanks for listening to Highlight. I just wanted to take a second to tell you about this week's sponsor. It's us, Sleeper Wire. That's right. Make sure you listen to the Sleeper Wire. Hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star review. And if you really like us, go ahead and become a Patreon. You can get ahead of the game by becoming a Patreon. Not only can you get ahead of the game and get highlights and insights that nobody else has, but you also get a chance to get into our Pro-Am next year. That's right. By becoming a Patreon now, you can get in our exclusive Pro-Am. Players like Matt Harmon, Marcus Grant, Garage Guys, so many to name. So definitely become a patron by clicking the Patreon link in the show notes. And thanks again for listening to The Sleeper Wire. That was two years ago to the day that he was traded to the 49ers. A $137 million deal with the 49ers. At the time, the largest contract in NFL history on an annual basis. He played well with the 49ers that first season, but his second season with San Francisco was prematurely ended after he tore his ACL. This season, though, Jimmy would come back to lead the 49ers to their first 7-0 start since 1990. The only other QB to ever do that before him was Joe Montana. He'd guaranteed their first non-losing season since 2014, and he was by all accounts a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. He pedaled the bike on through the early morning workout, going over the plays in his head. And it's a slant right, and then an X crossing pattern, and um, it's a sweep to the left. 
and on and on and on this would go through his head as he prepared for the many outcomes that would come from the game. Memorizing plays was never a problem for Jimmy. The problem was not perfecting them. If his throw was off by half a second, he would spend an entire practice making it right. This was who Jimmy Garoppolo was. He looked up and he could see someone through the glass motioning him. Jimmy! Hey! Jimmy! He started walking towards him. Mr. Garoppolo! I'm from the radio station. I'm here to take you to your interview. The car is right outside. This was a normal occurrence for Jimmy Garoppolo. To be driven to one place or another, put in front of a microphone, and told to be a cheerleader for the 49ers in the NFL. He never complained or said no when asked. I mean, he knew where his bread was buttered. He headed out of the gym and into the car to the radio station. A few goodbyes at the radio station and it was time to head to the State Farm Stadium. He enjoyed playing there. It would be a sold-out crowd with a majority of the fans hoping that Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake would stop his undefeated record. Fat chance. With his headphones on, listening to Snoop, he thanked the driver and walked into the player's entrance. He could see the fans outside, some in 49er gear, some in Cardinal gear, most in Cardinal gear, but that didn't faze him. He was focused on continuing his undefeated streak. 
into the locker room. He gets his treatment, his tape, his stretches. Curtis Modkins, the offensive coordinator, stops him and they discuss a few plays that they're going to run. This is something he does every game with Chris. Taped up, he heads, changed to his uniform, get out on the field, and get in as many reps as he can before the game. As he runs out on the field, he can hear the fans booing him. It happens at every stadium, to every opposing QB. This is one of those things that you just have to get used to. He's been in stadiums filled with people booing him, and nothing about what he does changes. It's all part of the game. As the boos quiet down, Jimmy walks over to Richard Sherman, who's being interviewed by Joe Staley for The Joe Show, a 49er YouTube show produced and starring Joe Staley. Hey, you ready to get in these drills? Jimmy asks. He and Richard were the team captains, so when they started to move, the rest of the team followed. He wanted to make sure he got in enough pregame reps with their newest acquisition the insanely talented Emmanuel Sanders. As he threw Sanders the ball during the drills, he watched as he sprinted downfield. Even at half speed, Jimmy thought, this guy is so fast. He hears Kyle Shanahan, his friend and coach, over on the sideline yelling him over. He jogs lightly over to him, and they go over the game strategy, the moves, the counter moves. They try to get all the way down to the fourth quarter projections. Kyle Shanahan calls in the rest of the team, and with Jimmy leading the way, they all head to the locker room. Once inside the locker room, Jimmy can feel the energy pick up. It was 30 minutes before kickoff, and this was it. Undefeated and ready to go up against some of the best players in the league. This is a long way from Chicago, Jimmy thought. Time to put his game face on and run out onto that field. They follow Jimmy back out. Jimmy barely notices when the national anthem ends. And when that last note hits, he puts on his helmet and goes out onto the field. It's time. He shakes Kyler's hand at the 50-yard line along with the other team captains. They flip the coin. Arizona takes the ball. Good luck, he says as he runs back to the sideline. The first play from scrimmage is a 36-yard run from Kenyon Drake. Damn it, Jimmy thinks. The first play is always the hardest. And if one guy gets even a little shaken up, a play like this can happen. He remembers his first play as the starting quarterback in place of the suspended Tom Brady. Jimmy was exactly what everyone expected. Nervous. He took a snap out of the shotgun roll to his right. He had wide receiver Chris Hogan open and he lets it fly and misses him by a good 10 feet. I get nervous before every game, whether it's Little League or college or here. I think that's a good thing, though. If you don't get nervous, it doesn't mean much to you. You can't let the nervousness get to you. The last play that happened has nothing to do with the next play that happens. And that's exactly how he felt then. And he recovered to lead the Patriots down the field, connecting with Hogan, who was once again open for a 37-yard touchdown. And just like back then, he was still nervous today. Kyler Murray was still on the field, and he was very talented. Jimmy could do nothing but watch as he marched down the field, and a horse-collar penalty was called to put the ball at the four-yard line. Kenyon Drake again into the end zone. 
The 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Salah was <laughs> scrambling, running up and down the sidelines, trying to figure out a scheme against this next Arizona running back threat. Back out on the field, Jimmy's in the huddle. Everyone knows the 49ers running game was stout, and he'd spend the next couple of downs handing off the ball. Tevin or Matt fell before the line of scrimmage, there would be cheers from the crowd. If they fell after the line of scrimmage, the crowd would boo. So when he went three and out, the crowd cheered like crazy. But then the next three downs, Kyler went three and out, and the crowd booed. And on and on this would go, until halfway through the first quarter. A play designed to trick the defense was called twice in a row to get the ball to George Kittle. Two tries to George downfield and nothing. Third down and six. This was familiar territory. Jimmy called the same play for a third time, and this time he saw George beat his defender. He threw it to where his number one tight end was going to be and placed the ball perfectly in his hands. <laughs> Pass is caught. Kittle breaks one tackle. Another. Wow, what a touchdown for George I just Kittle. Kept pounding away at this play. I knew George would come up with the ball. Jimmy ran over to congratulate him. Woohoo! There is nothing in the world like being a quarterback and throwing a touchdown. Only a handful of people understand how exhilarating this is. Jimmy was one of those people. This is where the momentum shifted, and he knew he could capitalize on this. The first touchdown at another team's stadium? Well, that takes the wind right out of the sails of most fans. When the Cardinals had the ball, he watched as Dre sacked Kyler for nearly 20 yards. And he watched as Fred would have had that interception if he had just been a hair faster. He would have put another six points on the board. The second quarter was underway, and he was just starting to catch his stride. Putting on his helmet, he runs out onto the field, and he can hear Coach Shanahan in his ear telling him the play. 32-yard pass down the sidelines to Sanders. Then, the next play, another 20-yard catch right after that. He was exactly where I wanted him to be. Finally, Jimmy thought. As the Cardinals scrambled to the line to guard against Sanders, it left Kendrick open right in the middle of the end zone, and Jimmy threw it, putting it right between his numbers, and bam, they take the lead. He's going to be 8-0 after this week. Roplo, end zone, pass is caught for the touchdown. When the Cardinals got Kendrick the ball, they marched Horn. downfield only to get stopped by their own mistakes. A penalty pushes them out of field goal range, and four minutes left in the half. Jimmy would get the ball back. We need to score on this drive. That would make it 21-7, and that's where I want to be going into the half. He hands the ball to Matt downfield, and he tears up the defense. That man is like a shotgun. Jimmy hands it off again and watches as Matt smashes through two guys to go another 20 yards. <laughs> we could do this all day. Maybe give my arm a rest. With under two minutes left, they still haven't scored. And any scoring opportunity at this point is a good one. Catches a break when there's a pass interference called at the one-yard line, giving them four downs from the one to score. Two penalties and three attempts later, it was fourth down with four seconds left in the half. And they were still at the one-yard line. This is so frustrating. He hears the play from the sideline and gets into the huddle. He hands Kittle the ball, only to watch him stopped and pushed backwards right in front of him. And this is how the half would end, with them only up by one touchdown. Damn. They called a timeout. 
I want you to get the ball to Sanders. Coach says through the audio in his helmet. They line up again and Jimmy did exactly what he was told. He got the ball right into Emmanuel Sanders' arms as he watched the 5'11 Emmanuel Sanders stand tall and score a touchdown to put them up by 14 points at the end of the half. They're going to get another crack at it. Now the 49ers hustle up to the line, snap it. Garoppolo keeps, passes, caught for the touchdown, Sanders. During the half, there was no speech. Jimmy got with his offense and talked quietly with purpose about their opponent's weak points and about what changes they felt they needed to take out there. Jimmy and Kyle Shanahan talked it through, and way too quickly, it's the third quarter, and Jimmy is back on the field. He watches as Sanders is now covered by Peterson, and by the time he realizes he can't get the ball to him, he's hit hard. Ouch! <sighs> that one was bad. He knew he had lost at least 10 yards. He was not going to get past Arizona on this try. Back on the sidelines, he watches as the Cardinals score a touchdown. He can hear Sanders behind them. Jimmy. Jimmy, man, I can beat that guy Peterson. He is not as fast as me. Back out on the field, Jimmy throws the ball right over Peterson's head, connects with Sanders for another 24 yards, and then does exactly the same play to Pettis again right over Peterson's head, this time for a touchdown. Back up two touchdowns, he thought, while watching Dante do the thriller dance in the middle of the end zone. This is fun. He goes over the upcoming plays with Kyle while the defense holds the Cardinals to only field goal. It's 28-17 and another touchdown is needed, but it wasn't going to be. Not for either team. Back and forth for almost the next hour, neither team could gain any ground until five minutes and four seconds left in the fourth quarter as Jimmy stood helpless and watched a rainbow pass down the sideline from Kyle Murray to Andy Isabella for 88 yards past five of the best defenders in the NFL. A rookie goes 88 yards for the touchdown. And all of a sudden, Jimmy was nervous again. 28-23. to 23. Then the two-point conversion. It's a success. It's a three-point game. It's the fourth quarter. Four minutes left. And you're up by three points. This is a scenario Jimmy has practiced thousands of times. It was third and 11, and he needed a first down. Jimmy, as cool as a cucumber, takes a snap and throws it perfectly to who else? Emmanuel Sanders for the first down. One more first down and this game is over. This is where he earns his paycheck. He knows Kyler's sitting on the other side itching to get in and he can't give him that chance. First down, stopped. Second down, stopped. There's a minute 55 seconds left in the game. It's make this play or watch his opponent get the opportunity to end his undefeated streak not going to happen. Now he could really hear the crowd. After the extended TV timeout, he heads back out on the field. This was it. Without overthinking or focused on anything else but the next play, Jimmy would complete the pass, clinch the game. And that first down's gonna end it. Taking the 49ers to 8-0. Two years ago on this day, the Patriots had traded him to the 49ers. All those critics and pundits who said he was going to be a dud, that he wasn't worth what the 49ers paid for him, all of them were wrong. Today, he was tied with Tom for the best record in the league. Hold on, 
Scott Sherman's gonna get it one moment in one second. Hey, guys, awesome team win, man. Everyone across the board. D all day, oh, the way you guys came out at the beginning, finished at the end. Special teams, Richie, the kickoff for our return. Good. Awesome job across the board, all right? Guys, we know the obvious game ball today. All right, he's done an awesome job for us. We're so pumped to have him on our side. I know this means a lot to him. All right, let's get one to Sherm. Hey, hey, no, I really appreciate it, man. It's been a long season for all of us. You know, we battled today. Today wasn't about the season, it wasn't about the, the, the record. Y'all battled for one another, y'all battled for me, y'all battled for Salah. We wanted this win bad, bro, and I appreciate all you guys doing this. Hey, guys, Jed said it perfect last week, all right, when he quoted Bill Walsh. All right, he said you gotta know how to act like champions before you're champions, all right? And when champions win games, all right, they get victory Monday. Right. Hey. Let's go, guys, bring it tight. Let's go! Niners on three, one, two, three, Niners! Thanks for listening to Highlight. For more unique content and in-depth analysis, make sure you listen to The Sleeper Wire Show. We do five shows a week. We can be found anywhere. And if you like this show, give us a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button. Make sure to follow The Sleeper Wire everywhere. Thanks again. Ha, 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 ha.